Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damashek. Another sports weekend is upon us, and so too is minus three presented as ever. By Omaha. Hi and hello, sports fans. We're ready to roll here. Eddie Spaghetti is in his perch behind the glass. And of course, Kevin Hench looking out over show business, ready to, to, to determine what you're going to look at over these next couple of years on your TVs. Let's talk about sports right now, though. My week started on Monday Night Football in SoFi, watching the Chargers blow another one. Tight game. Brandon Staley, I put the put the circle around you in the blame game, not Justin Herbert as much. My week will end in SoFi, watching the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Los Angeles Rams. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about everything that's going down in pro football. Also, quick reminder, go back and listen to a great first um, episode of Minus 3 this week with Chris Carter. We broke down all things offensive coordinator. The obsession in football America about who your team's offensive coordinator is is a little wild or is it spot on that that's more important than who your quarterback is in the year of the Lord 2023? We debate that and a whole bunch of other things. Anyhow, oh, also the 15-minute pregame show, ready to roll 4 p.m. Eastern on Twitter or track it down on YouTube. Better yet, do both of those things. We appreciate you for that. Now, with all that uh, in the rear view mirror, let's say hello to our guy, Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? How are you? Uh, terrible, as you can imagine, after after last week. <laughs> Listen, do you guys did you did you ever read the book Mind Hunter by John Douglas, the, no. the FBI agent? Okay, so John Douglas is the real life guy that um, that uh, Scott Glenn's character in Silence of the Lambs is based on. That's John Douglas. Um, mm. So. He's the 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 criminal profiler for the FBI. Who oh, and Michael to, Mann made the movie that yeah, preceded and, and, by well, like a well, decade, well, Silence of the Lambs, right? Well, Netflix has a series called Mindhunter. Um, but so in that book, Mindhunter, where you're trying to criminally profile like, hey, who are the people who are going to ruin our society with their serial killing? You know, there are all these telltale moments Um often going back to childhood. And I think like pyromania is, is one of them. I think bedwetting might be one of them. Like you're, you're on a bad track here, kid, but cruelty to animals, definitely a bad sign. I would like to add a a fourth one. If your kid goes, Hey, I, when I grow up, I want to be a referee. Thank you. Yes. Weirdos. Shouldn't that, Shouldn't we institutionalize that child if he goes, here's what I want to do. All those kids who've been bullying me, I want to destroy what they love, tackle football, because that's what these guys do when they grow up. They ruin what we love with their flags and their non-flags and just their general ineptitude. You know, I didn't. I didn't play a lot of high school football. I, I, it certainly was was not a uh, a career of any distinction, but I played it long enough to learn that there are sociopaths among us who will throw a flag on a kid in a junior varsity high school football game for not having his mouth guarded. Now, when I was playing football, there were no there was no browser history. But obviously, imagine what that guy's browser history would be if he's throwing flags on 14-year-olds for not having their mouth guarded. Like, search his search his backyard, search the pond behind his property. Like, this guy's a sociopath. He's called, hey, you didn't have your mouth guard in. I got you. I got you. I ruined you. I embarrassed you with your teammates. I cost you the game. I did it. Now, these guys, you know, they grow up. They, they graduate to the NFL. And then we have to watch. It's so funny. Cause I was like, you know, it's getting so angry watching the officiating in these games. And I'm like, I know when I used to go on these tirades that I would litter them with F bombs. And then it was kind of like, Hey, you know, we're Omaha now, it, it, you know, if you could dial it back a little bit. And mostly I'm like, I don't want to make spaghetti have to go through and take all the F bombs out or bleep the F bombs, whatever you have to do. So as I go on this tirade, Fill in your own F-bombs. Just imagine a thousand 
F-bombs as I talk about the officiating in the NFL, which is destroying the greatest invention. Maybe rock and roll is the greatest American invention, but football's a close second. And then we're going to allow, and by the way, we're so inured to them ruining the sport. Like we don't even, we take it for granted. Like we don't go like, this wait, who does? To be, this this is the be, first 20 minutes of every show every week. What do you mean? We no, take but it I for mean, granted. As a society, <laughs> as a society, we go oh, okay. like, yeah, well, of course the refs ruin the game. Well, what do you expect from them? So it's like, we got to protect the players. We got to protect. But what about when the Niner DB hits the guy in the chest with his shoulder? Do we have to protect him from that? Because like, so, I mean, I'm, Buffalo Wild Wings is doing commercials about how ridiculous roughing the passer is. So it's like, hey, we got to protect the head and neck and the chest and the shoulders and the legs. Like, right, it's not tackle football anymore. So the referees just awarded the Browns a victory. They just said, okay, this team was going to win, but watch what we got in store for you. We got a, a ridiculous personal foul penalty and a ridiculous defensive holding penalty. And like, now you guys get to win because we can ruin everything, which is crazy when you think that it was just last week that, because I forget that these sociopaths are in charge. We've let them be in charge of our beloved national pastime, American tackle football. So I'm like, the Niners could run the table. It's like, Hench, get your head out of your Of course they can't run the table because one game is definitely going to come down to some horrible calls because it's the NFL. So then you're watching Sunday night. Okay, this falls into the sociopath category, much like the, the, the JV ref calling you didn't put your mouth guard in. Okay. We all know the spirit of the law of illegal man downfield. You can't send everybody out into the pattern or the defense won't know who to cover. That's you can't you can't go out for a pass. Mm -hmm. This thing where an offensive lineman, a, a, a waddling 330 pound guy goes a yard and a half downfield and that line judge whose life didn't work out the way, you know, maybe he's having a flashback to an offensive tackle who put who locked him in a locker in high school. And he sees this guy step one foot over the, you can't, you were engaged. If you disengage, I got you. I got you professional athlete. And I'm going to, I'm going to bring back that huge gain by the giants. Cause I'm going to make a chicken call illegal man downfield. Bring it back. Bring it back. This is me. This is my time. Line judge time. I'm going to ruin this game. Then later, same game. Okay, so all chicken calls all the time. Oh, no, 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 no. Because the back judge has other ideas. The back judge is like, you can be fouling Darren Waller for the entire pattern. You can be holding him. By the way, it's all he's watching. He is watching exactly what we were watching, which is, Grab a bunch of jersey, grab the arm, hold him for the entire pattern. Don't let him lift his arm. It's both holding NPI because he's still holding when the ball's in the air. Now I'm going to eat my flag on this. Why? Because a tight end put you in a locker when you were in high school. Are you against tight ends? So it's like, <laughs> it's so insane to just watch the random. How would you even like this guy's calling a legal man downfield? This not guy's not calling a criminal assault in the end zone. Like, what are you doing? So That's like, the point, by the way, among the many issues I have with the terrible state of refereeing and not just in football, but in all of our most popular sports, the remark that, I don't know why the color analysts more and more are making now is it when they look at the replay, they're like, oh, yeah, there it is. Illegal man downfield right there. Ref's going to call that every time. Here's the problem. No, they're not. They're going to call it some of the time. The idea that and if you really want me to become a conspiratorial about all this, the idea like where did we lose the 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 line that we all accept a common truth, maybe refereeing, because we think that the official's call is the truth, but our eyes tell us that's not the truth. And then the color analysts doubles down with like, well, that's going to get called every time. And then that's confusing to us because we can remember instances where it wasn't called. Of course. So not and by the, the way, so why would it be called? No truth. advantage gained. What, no advantage gained. Did, did the middle linebacker run to cover number 73 because he thought he was going, he was running a wheel route into the flat? No, no advantage gained. And by the way, to your point about the analyst, right? It's not just the analysts. 
the propaganda extends to, hey, man, uh, we think we know what we saw there, but let's bring in a geriatric former referee to confirm. By the way, his name is literally geriatric. Hey, geriatric <laughs> retired referee. What? Is, and then and then Jerry does this thing where he goes. It's like, we all just saw the play in slow motion on high depth. We know it's a ridiculous call or non-call. And then he goes, well, you know what? Derwin James took two steps. So they're going to call that every time. Yeah, he took two steps and then he scritched Dak Prescott. He he gently, he like, so if the guy takes two steps and then you throw yourself onto your back, it's like he took two steps. He took two steps. Yeah. And then he hit a 250 pound guy with his pinky and the guy flopped. And you're like, they're going to call that every time. Like, yeah, the madness of not being able to go spirit of the law. Obviously, that's not roughing the passer. So now you can't tickle him. You can't scratch him. You can't give him a high five. You can't touch him. You can't land on him. You can't hit him high. You can't hit him low. I mean, it's and by the way, so this thing where. And it's so hard. Spaghetti doesn't understand because this is most of his life now. You know, mm. we grew up watching real football. Like we it all changed most- for us when Don Mikowski stepped over that line in was that in Lambo? That was in Lambo when he crossed the line against the Bears and threw that pass. It was like, okay, we got to have instant replay now. I mean, like we got to resolve this once and for all. And it just opened up uh, Pandora's box. So, so. That was 87. You know, like, that. like obviously, if you grew up watching Jack Lambert or Harvey Martin, Randy White, whoever your team was, you know, it's like this idea that like that Harvey Martin or Randy White or Elsie Greenwood or Mean Joe Green had to get their weight off of the quarterback as they were sacking him. Like, it's insane. It's so psychotic when you've grown up watching a great sport and now you're watching this once great sport systematically destroyed and and so okay, so the new so it's like got to protect the head and neck, right? What are we going to do with this rule? Is this I know everybody declares just put dresses on them or like uh, flag foot, but for real, this this hip drop tackle, the so called like basically leaving your feet and 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 using your weight, you putting your full weight basically to drop the guy in the spots. Like, isn't that called tackling for real? I know people are being wise about it but legitimately if i can't hit you in the head right and i can't hit you below the waist and then i can't leave leave my feet to pull you to the ground like then then what it, I'm, literally what I'm can i do? chasing you i'm behind you <laughs> i'm obviously going to land on your legs if i get my arms around your your waist now uh to to geno smith's point that tackle should not take place five yards out of bounds but so so what happened so so, so monday night after the Sunday night fiasco, Monday night was just a series of 15-yard penalties. 15, 15, 15. And it's like, okay, we see it all the time. You don't know when the quarterback's going to surprise you with his slide, right? And it's like, oh, he might go head first for the first down. Boom, I'm going to go this way. So, like, again, if you're chasing the quarterback and you're trying to tackle him and he changes his head level dramatically as you go to tackle him, your helmets might click which by the way is why you're wearing helmets but of course if the helmets click it's 15 15 yards automatically so we're all so used to this like up oh, herbert went down in the click of the helmet so that's 15 yards of course they're going to call that every time not in our childhood they didn't they didn't call it in our childhood larry cole no penalty right uh on bradshaw we so- can't there are things that are done away with bare knuckle uh, boxing as a for instance and i i really do i don't uh, you know i always uh, denounce the doom and gloomers but really what is the future of this sport it's like the injuries are too much it's too severe like is then the answer at this point must be we can't play tackle football anymore if well, if, if and, it is too and, offensive and to, to then we question, can't keep doing it to the slippery slope of it all to the slip and slide that we're on um so Obviously, bubble wrapping wide receivers, as we saw in the Niners-Browns debacle. Quarterbacks have been fully bubble wrapped from head to toe. Please don't touch the quarterback. They should wear red jerseys in the game. Like, don't touch this guy. But thankfully, you could still beat the hell out of tight ends. The tight end was the last guy you could murder as the back judge in the Bills-Giants game proved. Like, do whatever you want to a tight end because that guy 
is the size of the offensive tackles Sheck and I grew up rooting for. I mean, you know, Jake Ferguson would have been an offensive tackle in 1975. So Ferguson's out there. Derwin James has already been given a 15-yard penalty for tickling Dak Prescott. And he goes to tackle a huge tight end and their helmets click and the flag comes out. It's like, oh, now we're bubble wrapping tight ends. Oh my God. Now, now, now you can't hit the one animal on the field who could, who could absorb any contact. So to your point, yeah, there's no one left to hit there. There's no point in having tackle football or calling it tackle football. You know what they need to invent is a, is a defender with no head. Like Mm. if he had no head, then he couldn't be leading with his head. He's just, uh, just a neck. Um, so instead, he just grabs his his pump his head, which is a pumpkin, and he throws it at the quarterback. Or maybe it could be sponsored by Pillsbury. And instead of tackling your foes, you you have to hit the the new standard is hitting them in the belly button until they till they go hee hee, and then you're down. That's the end of the play. Second yeah, down, make me laugh, right? Tickle them. It's so it's so depressing. But like, and the other thing is like, you know, I mean, obviously, or maybe it's literally the old game show, make me laugh. You have to stay in there until you make Dak chuckle. And laugh. <laughs> Better to laugh, laugh than cry. But, you know, the point is we we bet on these games. We tell people to bet on these games. That's the cry. That's what's know, wild about you it. Know, that there are so many people wagering now. Insane fantasy football implications. And it's like and like it is like, what are we doing? Like, you know, we're 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 in Plato's cave looking at cave paintings because the reality when we step out of that cave is these games are just being decided like seven sociopaths who wanted to be referees. Like, what are we doing? I like all of this. And by the way, welcome to our weekly segment called mm-hmm. Goat and Goat, mm-hmm. where we it, where we analyze the full spectrum of behavior. Goat, you know, greatest of all time, or goat, you're responsible for bad stuff. Um, I think we just heard Hench's bad goat referees. Uh, you can get to your good goat, but I'm going to say very quickly, bad goat question mark eddie spaghetti i'm gonna let you be the judge on this one i like everything hench just said on one hand so that's a vote uh in the positive in the negative haven't i gone on that exact same jag about who wants to be a referee when they grow up many times and so that makes me think hench doesn't listen to minus three when he's not on minus three so where do i go here is he sociopath if i spend as much time with you on a podcast and texting with you and emailing with you and then listen to your podcast. Like, wow, you would, I should be institutionalized if I'm like in my car going like, Hey man, instead of the history of rock and roll, I should get a little more damage check. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's right. They could serve you well. Although in this case, we we park our cars in the same garage and we arrived in the same place, so that's nice, right? Spaghetti. So I guess I, it's good. I think we had. I think it was one of the episodes. Obviously, the first episode of the week we have a, a guest on. I think you did the spiel about being that uh, when with another spiel. guest. I think. Um, and it was a video that we did post on the minus three. I, I'm sure we could, someone could track it down and find the video. Maybe All it was right. with well, Hench, I but I think I, it was, I think it was with another guest. Watch um, my well, listen, spiel. Listen, listen, I, I believe in the free market. I believe in competition. It, you know, spaghetti who wore it better. Yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I want to add on to Hench's, uh, um, uh, you know, I guess bad go to the week too, because this is the same week the NFL came out and said, while kickoffs uh, have been, you know, preventing the new rule, there's been a lot less, significantly less concussions, which is ultimately the whole goal of the changing of the rules. Like I grew up watching jacked up on Monday night football countdown and, and the, you would clap over the best hits of the week. And the NFL clearly shied away from that because number one, they want to see less concussions. And number two, they understand the quarterbacks are the bread and butter. So anything roughing wise, those 15 yards are going to come out because they want to keep the big money makers playing. No one wants to watch a game like the, you know, the upcoming Raiders bears game. We have two backup quarterbacks, especially a quarterback from a division two school. But this week they came out and said that they, you know, the kickoff rule has been great. A lot less concussions, but like an overwhelming number, uh, I think it was like 80%, if not 
higher um, kickoffs are all touchbacks and they want to change that because they want to actually have kick returns again. So I find it just so funny that we're seeing terrible refereeing uh, in the name of player safety with, you know, the, the helmet to helmet collisions. And they made a rule change that changed special teams like forever. And now they're like, wait a second, we should probably bring back that rule because people actually miss miss collisions and they miss kickoff returns. So it's like the NFL has does they, the, the worst part about this. The NFL never like actually says we screw up. And this is maybe the first time they've said maybe we're wrong with that rule, because, again, the offseason, they go, which repair? penalties which are not penalties and they always come out saying like out of the hundreds and hundreds of calls they find like three they might have gotten wrong when it's like we know the number is way higher than that so it's just interesting to see the nfl finally going okay maybe this one rule and kickoffs is wrong so maybe we're in the future we will see more collisions again who knows well the one i got to see come back is regarding kickoffs is the onside kick that's that's one of the most electric moments in 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 any football game is when a team does that because you you used to have a chance of recovering now there's zero chance based basically doing it. Sorry, Hinch, I cut uh, you off. That is such a great point, Spaghetti. And when you what they're saying, this is what they're saying. They're going, they basically have announced, hey, man, we don't want guys to get concussions. And now with, with, now with, that, with that rule being reevaluated, what they're saying is we don't want quarterbacks to get concussions. Special mm. teamers, no problem. Like, it's not like we care about the human beings who play our sport. We can, we we like the guys in the State Farm commercials who play our sport. We could give a crap about these anonymous special teamers who are getting most of the concussions mm. because it's a full speed collision. Two cars going in this, you know, opposite directions, hitting each other. Of course, you're going to have a preponderance of concussions on that play. And they're like, man, how do we get those concussions back? It's like I would trade some of those concussions for being able to hit the quarterback. I well, like the only it. thing I'll like say, the only I like it when there are backup quarterbacks because it means football was still being played somewhere in America. I get that. I get that. But the the devil's damashek to this conversation, which I support ninety nine point nine percent of, is the one thing I will say in the last ten years, and it's the same point I always make about hockey goonery and uh, Jacob Truba and Tom Wilson, like. They are bigger than their forefathers. And so those collisions are more severe. And it is weird that every time a QB gets hit in this day and age, they get hurt. It, that didn't used to be true, you know? I mean, Staubach would go out with concussions <laughs> periodically, and so would Bradshaw, and that wasn't good. But right every time a QB gets touched, it really is like, oh, man, he's <laughs> he's got to sit down for a while. I mean, like, Deshaun Watson's just hurt even ambiguously we don't know what to make about that so i do get if you're a framer of the game with network and all of that and the billions of dollars like you don't need the biggest stars sitting on the sideline um but I, and i do kind of get like they are, they do kind of have a point these guys get hurt a lot these days anyway all right so there's your bad goat right and now you're gonna give us a good go all right well i was that was just that was just my answer to how are you doing I don't know. I didn't know. That was my, I didn't know. I was already in my bad All right. I'm going to get comfortable. All right. Let me squeeze in a quick break here. Let me ask you a question, Eddie Spaghetti. Why should you bet with Caesar Sportsbook? But before you answer, two words, Caesar's rewards. Those are the two words. Every bet brings you closer to the types of benefits only Caesars can offer. I'm talking about hotel stays, VIP experiences, sports and concert tickets, even more than just that. It's not only an app, it's an empire. 21 plus must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Massachusetts, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem? Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Ohio, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or West Virginia. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Massachusetts, if you or a loved one is experiencing problems with gambling, please call 1-800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org for 24-7 support. Michigan, call 1-800-270-7117. New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. I mentioned it on the 15-minute, you know, speed through, but, like, I... I, we got to talk about Sean Payton, right? Because, you know, as one of the people who took, again, bet against the Chiefs, took the Broncos plus 10 and a half. Hey, your defense is holding them to 19 points. Genius with the laminate. Remember? Remember? It was all Hackett's fault. This guy was terribly coached. And now the genius has ridden into town to disparage the previous coach, and unlock the greatness of Russell Wilson. You're holding the laminate. Your defense is held in the 19 points. I'm getting 10 and a half points, Sean Payton. Okay. This should be pretty easy to score nine points in this game, but it's not because what we're learning two things, Russell Wilson. Okay. Broncos averaged five yards of carry. So you average five yards of carry for the game. You need to score nine points for Henchy to cash his bet. But you don't. Why? Because you average 3.2 yards per drop back. So is it the guy that Hackett couldn't coach up or is it the former genius, genius when he coached Drew Brees, holding the laminate? And if you watch that game, okay, the, the Broncos ran this play repeatedly. Roll the pocket to the right, get, get Russ a little into space, have three receivers run a kind of drag route, kind of multi-level drag route, very similar, just kind of floating, you know, Dwight Clark, Montana style across the field. But what that meant is all the Chiefs defenders who are not rushing the passer are guarding this 15 yards of field. So Russ is looking up and going, oh my God, they've got seven guys guarding my three guys. And then he would either throw a pick or jog out of bounds or, you know, or try to throw a pick. And so you're like, okay, well, obviously, after the first time you run that, we'll never see it again. You know, you were making the point in the other pod about offensive coordinators, or maybe it was this one, but like Peyton's holding the laminate. So if we see this play again, it's going to be because Sean Payton thinks that's the right thing to do. They did it over and over and over again. It never worked, obviously. Nothing worked. You know, that just so, so Sean Payton, uh, you now you're now obliged to say now that the Russell Wilson Sean Payton pairing is uh maybe worse than than it was than, than the, the Hackett Wilson pairing. Hey, just tell Ooh. us, Sean, look in the mirror. Was is it you or is it Russ? Because somebody sucks and somebody's costing people money who got 10 and a half points, Chiefs scored 19 points. I have to I have to pay money because well, I don't know what Sean what what finger painting Sean Payton's looking at at that laminate. But I would say I mean, I'm not violating the coaches fraternity by saying the Broncos are terribly coached. And now you can't get that Chargers job. That job is going to go to somebody else and they're going to beat you and Russ. 
because you're terrible. So so that's my bad go. Okay. I like I, I like all that. And two two things um off of that. One, you know, when a new reality um takes hold, and now we're, you know, what 15 months into this reality that Russell Wilson is not a Hall of Fame quarterback and all of that, you know. People people flip a switch where they didn't used to believe the other side of things. I said before he started with the Broncos last year, like oh, Russ is going to the Hall of Fame. He just needs a few nice seasons to remind everybody about how good he can be. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Like the late great Jerry Orbach. I was wrong on that one. But what the hell happened to him? He's 34, 35. I mean, the 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 cliff hits most guys 38, 40 Hall of Fame level performers. So I don't know what happened to Russ. So he deserves, yeah, a decent part of the blame. But Sean Payton, this is an interesting subject to me. Here's a hot take. Do you believe it or not? The greatest coach of the Super Bowl era has to be Joe Gibbs. Everybody else has been exposed, right? I mean, Jimmy Johnson may have had some good years down in Miami, uh, but he only won the Super Bowl when he had a super roster surrounding him. Bill Walsh did it with Joe Montana. I don't know what he would have done otherwise. Um, Bill Belichick, clearly the Band-Aid has been ripped off there for everybody trying to cover for the old man. It was Tom Brady the whole time. And so it goes. And Bill, uh, Oh, by the way, yeah, we saw him with Cleveland. We He didn't win no Super Bowls. I don't remember who his quarterback was when he was with the Browns. Was it Bernie? Anyhow, you get my larger point. The only guy who goes around, or he never left Washington, but different quarterbacks rolled through there over the course of a decade, and he won Super Bowls with all of them. And when you look back at them, none of them none of them are in the Hall of Fame. Like, Joe Theismann is the best case, but Mark Rippon had that one wild year, that one magic year, anomalous for the rest of his career. And then Doug Williams wins it. Joe Gibbs, greatest head coach in the Super Bowl era. How say you, Hench? Uh, that's, a, that's a pretty hot take. Um I'm not ready to to move off the guy who won six just yet, but uh, I'll I'll, okay. take, I'll take it under advisement. And certainly, um, to your got point, got the four uh, Super Bowls too. Yeah. Joe Gibbs went to four Super Bowls in what a decade, right? It was like what was that eighty two to when they beat when they, to what is that about uh, 80, 88. Wait, did they win four? No, no, no. The ripping one comes in 91. So, okay. So right. A decade, four Super Bowl visits. Well, I would say, you know, and obviously Aikman has the most comically undeserving stat line of anyone in the hall of fame. Like it is crazy. If you look at Troy, Troy Aikman's career stats that he's, I, this is a weird cynic, a cynical thing that you and I have debated for 20 years now. I can't believe you think that Troy Aikman shouldn't be in the hall of fame. What are you going to do? He has three super, he's three for three in the big game. What are you going to say? Well, what if Dilfer won three? Hall goes in the hall. I, like, I don't like, I, it's like. Well, until you remove Bob Greasy, as I've said, okay, there is no okay, case against enough. Troy Aikman uh, or anyone else. But go uh, ahead. So, but to, to to push back a little bit, yes, the, none of those quarterbacks are elite, but the roster was elite. The, the Those skins teams, you know, were monsters it is ironic that you could rotate the most important position and still win Super Bowls, but I think that speaks to the to the Russ Grimm, Joe Jacoby, Daryl Green of okay. it all. Um, you know, uh, all right. So, but real quick, good goat. All right, first of all, honorable mention. She would have been the good goat. I mentioned it last week. So hysterical when the NBA voters go, we're going to give Michael Jordan's MVP to Charles Barkley. And then Jordan goes, great. I hope I play him in the finals. And I and we and we win. And then I get my finals MVP. And then he just does the same exact thing to Carl Malone. Excellent and, call by Kevin Hank. And he I don't know, the and shout I don't out, know yes. if, that's, if that was the series where Carl Malone had a two for 20. But uh, Brianna Stewart, three for 17 in the, in the uh, deciding game of the WNBA finals, three for 17. She's the MVP, by the way, people, everyone voted Brianna Stewart, the real MVP, Asia Wilson. Well, she won MVP of the finals, you know, as, as, as she, she put up 24 and 16 in the deciding game. So she was going to be the good goat until she did her, until she got to the podium for her press conference and said, nobody believed in us. Nobody believed in us. Really? Because you were minus 250 to win it all when there were four teams left, you're in the conference finals. Every nobody believed in you except for everybody. 
everybody, nobody, everyone believed in you so much. You couldn't make any money betting on you because it was such a mortal lock. Nobody believed in us. We know, we know who you are. Really? Give us names because uh, Vegas certainly knew you were going to win. So she cost herself go to the week with that ridiculous victimhood press. I thought you would love that, except that I thought maybe you'd make her the bad goat because she didn't identify you specifically. I was what a hot take by Henchy, along with everyone else who uttered a (laughs) syllable about women's basketball. I picked the aces, of course. But so she's like she's but this is victimhood, right? This is a great, this is, this is, um, what was her name? Angel Reese. Like, this is the greatest moment of your career, right? You just won a one point deciding game. Uh, you're pissed. That's your, that's your state. That's of what I always right say now. about your bum team, the Patriots. Well, I mean, Dion Branch was no one believes in a, you were 13 and three. You're the juggernaut of pro football. No one believed in you, Dion. And then a decade or even more past that. The central figures of the second half of the Patriots run, Brady and Gronk, both going like, no one believes in us. Sorry, I, I everybody. Will Sorry. Like, well, I will. I will promise you this. I, 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 I hate the no one. But unless you're Leicester City winning the English Premier League championship, somebody believed in you. Oh, somebody I got great news for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Everybody inside. Uh, there, it seems there are members in the locker room, definitely people in the city and around. No one really believes in you, Steelers. You got that going. You got that. If you can pull it off, you can say it. Give the Steelers permission. But I promise you, none of those Patriot teams were minus 250 to win the Super Bowl before the AFC title game. No way. This this may be the all-time everybody believed in you moment when somebody invoked the <laughs> nobody believed in us moment. Like I'm going to, I'm going to keep it with it, one of your Patriots additions you know, that played like that same Tiger game. Woods saying nobody believed in me after winning the, the masters by, by 12 strokes. Um, okay. But my good goat, cause Asia Wilson cost herself the good. Oh, goat okay. I'm, I'm sorry. That was right. Okay. Christian Javier. He's he's a weirdo because he was atrocious in the second half of the season. I mean, just lit up four runs in the first inning. Every start shelled. Postseason starts. He's he's like he has the second longest postseason scoreless streak to start a career after Christy Matthewson. Hmm. Now, you know, Spaghetti, Sheck and I are older than you, but like we didn't see Christy Matthewson pitch. We're not that old. I don't so, even remember but, when women played Major League oh, Baseball, Christy. but Christy so, did so, it. So the insane thing, Chris, Christian Javier, Christy Javier, Christian, Christy. So hmm. Christian Javier, this stat is insane. He threw 178 fastballs in the postseason before someone got a hit on his fastball. So that's that's Johnny Vandermeer. That's just two games of fastballs, two no hitters. That's, I mean, nobody really making enough of it. Like, it's like, okay, well, the pitch that people get hits on is your fastball. You know, that's the pitch that people are going to hit. Nope, not Christian Javier. So he's my good goat uh, as, as he gets the win and the Astros back in the series against the Rangers. How say you? All right. Bad goat, Dave Damashek, because my lock of last Saturday was USC further exposing Notre Dame. Instead, what got further exposed was the complete lack of a defense for USC. And by the way, Caleb Williams, too. Really, I wonder how this is going to flow. This is really going to be an interesting test of like what you see on tape versus what they do in springtime and the collective declaration. Caleb Williams is absolutely positively can't miss. Definite number one, not Drake May. Um, at UNC or anyone else. It's going to be interesting to see how much he gets dinged, not just not as a Heisman candidate. By the way, side note, we talked about that on a great episode of Extra Points on Wednesday. Um, what odds could you have gotten in August? Caleb Williams, he's not going to win the Heisman. He's not going to make it to New York City as one of the three finalists. That's the way it's tracking right now. He has some work to do to get back into that status. Um, now listen, but, real quick on Caleb Williams, and, and uh, I think – at least one of us said, take the Irish, give those points. Wow. The wretched. The wretched who who but said that? No, I Spaghetti said it, said it wasn't going to be a blowout, but he didn't I say said it. it. I he said, said it. About it. I said it. That, you know, two you flawed did? teams, two flawed teams, check the tape, two flawed teams 
Uh, and I thought that the, that the Trojans' flaws more glaring than the. You, I thought you rode along with me. I'm sorry, I misheard well, you. I, then. I thought all week but, you were on my side. But, okay. And I just saw the headline because it was so preposterous. I didn't click on it, but like the story of Caleb Williams wanting ownership of a team. That's my uh, bad goat. Came out okay. Well, then Spaghetti will explain the whole thing. But all like, right, I'll I'll, I'll see the floor uh, to you maybe, here, Spaghetti, to build after, on that. Maybe not after the three interception turd in the blowout loss on the road. But anyway, all right, go on, carry on. Spaghetti, you take, uh, you uh, jump in here then. If well, yeah, just with the, game. with, with the Caleb bad go thing. Uh, number one with just to react to your Heisman thing. I still think he'll get there. And I I don't think it's a lock that, that panic. I mean, panic's having a phenomenal season, but their schedule gets pretty tough too. And if, if Washington loses and let's just say USC ends the season with one or two losses, max, I think Caleb will still get there. And, and for the record, How do they lose again. That's, that's where, if they the standard for His USC is different insane, than it is though. for UNC, UNC can lose two or three games. Well, at this point, they can't lose three, and Drake may still make it. But if they stumbled to against Clemson and even another one, that's not going to ding him as an individual the way it does Caleb Williams because that team is supposed to be a powerhouse. Can Caleb you- Williams right. said he'll he will go to New York if he gets ownership of the Heisman brand. He wants twenty percent. Is like, hey, you're not invited. Hey, 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 Jack. We don't want you in New York. This is it's, weird, but I get it. Go ahead, Spaghetti. He, yeah, it's so good with the equity thing. I mean, obviously this starts last year, like painting his fingernails for each game and writing like F Notre Dame on his fingernails. And they win that game. whoop de do you, you beat Christian, uh, you beat uh, Drew Pine as quarterback uh, for Notre Dame. But then this year, Starting off the season, like him and his dad saying, if the Cardinals have the number one overall pick, he's not leaving college. He can make more money in college with the NIL. He's not going to go to a team. So he's already like kind of uh, manipulating the draft and where he wants to go. And then after this loss to Notre Dame, um, you know, exposing this USC team that I, was very flawed. Um, and and I expect Caleb Williams to have bad games in college. I expect Caleb Williams to have bad games in the NFL. He will lose. Um, it's just part of the game. So I, I don't like the overreaction to him not being a Heisman candidate. I don't like the overreaction to him not being the number one pick when you have NFL GMs saying like he would go ahead of Burrow and Trevor Lawrence and redrafts and all this, you know, nonsense. But then when you also come out after this loss, this bad loss that everyone was watching this game and one of the best rivalries in college football, and you come out and say that you want equity in an NFL franchise when this has never been done before in the history of the National Football League is insane. I mean, for like Aaron Rodgers apparently tried to do this too with the Jets and was shut down and that, you know, kind of just leaked now with this Caleb Williams news. I don't know what makes Caleb Williams this special pre-draft that he has to get equity with whatever franchise takes him first overall. So it's just like, it's a bad look coming after a loss where you looked miserable. It wasn't like you put up, you know, four or five touchdowns and threw for 400 yards and just lost a shootout. You were the reason why you lost. You turned the ball over a ton. So I I don't know who's in the corner of Caleb Williams that's telling him to paint his nails and uh, ask for, you know, which team drafts him is allowed to. And then saying, now you want equity, but whoever's in his camp is really doing a bad job with him because his PR is just to- it's just totally taking a nosedive right now. I, it's funny you say that. He, yeah, it's funny because the LeBron thing, and I remember going back and forth with Hench at the time about this, and I think we kind of agreed that it, it's right. I don't mind Caleb Williams, a young guy wanting a bigger piece of the pie. Same thing as LeBron James, you know, in the way he more or less kind of attempted for his benefit. I don't want to say manipulate because that sounds devious. Um, But, you know, Moses Malone bucked the system. Kurt Flood bucked the system. These are heroes. Now it's in the moment. It feels wrong. Um, The reason this feels wrong from Caleb Williams is, as you say, it's the timing of it. LeBron, similarly, when he announced he was going to Miami, I had no issue. He was striking a blow for the proletariat, as I've said repeatedly. Take that, bourgeoisie. We don't need you to put the team together. We'll do it. D-Wade, Chris Bosh, and I'll take care of business all on our own without your help, except it was the surrounding factors. Don't do the fireballs and, like, taking my talents to South Beach and all that. Caleb Williams, don't do this after you throw three picks. Do this anytime other than right now, man. Anytime but, in the last two years would have been a better opportunity to announce your intentions than right after you just had the worst game in your college career. But, okay, listen, first of all, uh, LeBron James doing it in Miami, Lionel Messi doing it in Miami, uh, they've proven 
at the highest level that they are the highest level of the highest level. So, you know, Miami knows what they're getting in Lionel Messi, like literally, you Mm -hmm. know, moving the ratings a decimal point, like obviously the value. So Caleb Williams, like, all right, I I watched him get destroyed uh, against Utah last year. Absolutely helpless against the Utah rush. Um, obviously terrible against Notre Dame. These are college football players that that are neutralizing him completely. So you say, okay, uh, is he uh, of the four, let's say Carson Palmer, uh, Mark Sanchez, Matt Leinart, and, and Sam Darnold. Like, okay, those are our four quarterbacks. You go, okay, well, we don't want him to be Leinart. We don't want him to be Sanchez. We don't want him to be, be Darnold. Okay, maybe he'll be Carson Palmer. Would you give Carson Palmer ownership in your if the, that's the best case scenario, right? Is Carson Palmer. Are you Carson Palmer? Great. Just take your salary and shut up because obviously quarterback is such a crapshoot anyway. Uh it, it is insane. I mean, shoot your shot, kid, and then get get shut down. Um, but but it is what's funny about it, you know, neutral uh fans are going ick, ick, right? Your brand is your brand is suffering. You know, you know what rhymes with ick is pick. So every pick you throw and every ick demand you make is making people go, uh, maybe Drake May's looking better. I, I also you know, I'll add in quick too. I just because you know, with the draft and then like at the Bears are the first two picks of the trade with the Panthers, and we just saw Justin Fields get hurt scrambling. Justin Fields a lot like a much bigger uh prospect than and size I'm talking about than Caleb Williams. Like he's like six four, a thicker guy. Caleb Williams is like six foot, six foot one. So you have an under an undersized guy who makes his his bread and butter in college is the prolonging of plays, the scrambling thing. And you just saw Fields get hurt. And I, I, you know, Caleb could be a, a far better pass than Justin Fields. And obviously there's that Ohio State curse that's probably being broken by CJ Stroud. But I have seen like in, you know, people talking drafts, like start to sour and be like, do you want the Bears who are in a bad position everywhere else to take a quarterback who's immobile and get hurt again? And just like you said, Hench, too, it's like it's, it's been such a crapshoot with quarterbacks going early that not all of them hit. And uh, teams are like now wondering, like, oh, maybe we could have that Brock Purdy effect. Like, let's build up our roster and then wait on the quarterback. So I, I just think it's a it's a kind of a perfect storm here for for Caleb. Joe well, also, effect. Bryce Young is we, we looked at that a couple of months ago and we talked about that. If Bryce Young were to flop, it's going to dent the small framed QBs going forward and so far there's no reason that anybody would take C I would would take Bryce Young over CJ Stroud right if you had a redraft everybody would say Stroud um the uh, uh what I do hear though if um, maybe my ears are deceiving me Hench is much more interested in those QBs that are going to be available in the draft because his Patriots are probably going to be in line to take one of them. Interesting. Shador Sanders, maybe. Maybe Bo Nix wearing the the uh, Pat Patriot or whatever, with the flying Elvis going forward. In the meantime. Belichick will trade down to take two <laughs> offensive guards. Oh, my so God. There's true. an offensive guard that nobody's heard of. I can get him at 29. He's a wizard. Um, my good goat is um is Burt Young who passed away who's Burt Young the youngsters are asking well I hope you know Pauly uh Rocky's um Rocky's uh you know his 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 uh, brother-in-law by marriage um and uh, he passed away the great Burt Young have you watched uh, Pope of Greenwich Village I'm I, I'm gonna be willing to bet I don't know I'm not 100% on guessing movies that Hench likes or doesn't like I'm going to guess if he has seen it that he loves I'm going to say he gives it a 9 or 10 in terms of quality of script. How say you hedge? Oh boy, I have seen it. Um the best Eric Roberts movie I ever saw. Is that fair? Well, yeah, I mean Star 80 would be the other <laughs> would be the other one. Uh but not like Dark Knight. I, that's not a movie that I have to keep watching when it comes on cable. Oh, it's a gem. But, Go back and watch but, it. Let me say this about Burt Young. And again, Spaghetti, you know, young, but but he's he's obviously watched the Rocky franchise. Mm-hmm. Rocky is a gritty like Scorsese movie, right? It's like it's like Mean Streets. Like it's marvelous. People do not people think people the think Rocky it's, uh, becomes like, a cartoon yes. with Mr. T, 
that the first movie is so gritty. The second one ain't bad, but the first one is a gem of a and the, script. And Burt and Young is is such a bad guy, such a such a great gritty slice of life, you know, bad guy in that movie. And then he, like everybody else, becomes a cartoon as the as the franchise continues. But yeah. Uh, David Black Feeney Young. and I on Daves of Thunder have talked uh, at great length about the greatness of Burt Young and Paulie and all of that. But never heard of it. Never heard of it. Should but I, I mean, that podcast too. <laughs> what if one day Eddie Spaghetti, I just go away and we let Kevin Hench and David Feeney do a show? That would be much better, oh, yeah. wouldn't it? I uh, think everybody would like that show way better than anything uh, that I'm involved Wally in. I got to get out of the way here. Right. Pip. Just pit me already. It's enough with Damashek. Let's get Gary the two of you together. Hitting the out of the ball in BP. Should we, we don't need to cut this heroin. Let's just go. Let's just go straight Hench uh, Feeney and then the world will be happy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that, that's the funniest thing about Paulie. Like, what do you? Sly Stallone writes that script, and it and it's wonderful, and he's really good in it as the dullard but funny guy, self-effacing, and all of that. Um, what's weird is with Paulie though, specifically, is like when we meet him, he's smacking around his sister for at Thanksgiving, and the turkey knocks the turkey on the floor and everything else, and then by by three. He's like, ah, Polly, he's a little, he's a little stinker, ain't he? He's a little funny guy. Like, no, he's a, he's a horrible drunk who, who might be better served behind bars than he is in yeah. our home. Anyway, great career, Burt Young. Quick question, Hedge. I, we have, we, we have to get to our best bets and then go about our weekend. But I asked it earlier in the week on minus three. I need uh, the cinephile's opinion on this. You can only watch one guy's movies for the rest of your life, and then you can never watch the other guy's movies ever again. Two greatest character actors of our lifetime. Um, Michael Caine announced his retirement at age 90. Gene Hackman beat him to the punch, hasn't made a movie in 20 years. He's 93. Who's, whose movies are you watching? Um, I, I would go Hackman, but I say it's always sad when a guy announcing his retirement is the reason you know, oh my God, Michael Caine's still alive. That's great <laughs> news. He's retiring. Um, no, uh, Hackman, obviously, French Connection, the conversation, but completely underrated performance in Enemy of the State with Will Smith is such right. a phenomenal movie. And he's basically reprising his role from the conversation as, a, as an older version of that character. It's so brilliant. I mean, I just, I, I, I Michael Caine, always amazing. Uh, watch the original Get Carter. Uh, and you know, bringing it all back full circle with Stallone. Uh, watch the original man game. who would be Michael king Hinch. is great, but Hench, here's the issue I bring up because it turned into a little dust up, um, on social media not a dust up, but uh, spaghetti being asked to explain himself. He hasn't seen a lot of Hackman movies. Give him three that are must watches in your book. Have you seen Hoosier Spaghetti? Uh, no, I have no interest. The hell well, how do I you how no do interest. I talk? How do I talk I to like, this guy now? How do I talk I, to him? Like, how do I suggest anything to a guy who says I have no interest in the greatest sports movie of all time? I have no interest. I'm not um, a big sports sports walk like consumer outside of hey, games. Hey, I, I, I work um, in it. Hey, hey, huge sports fan. Um, <laughs> Stone Gossard plays one of the players on the team in Hoosiers. He doesn't have any lines. But you'll get a glimpse of Stone Gossard. Can't hear you. I'm on my way to the theater, Hench. Shooting a baseline <laughs> jumper. Okay. Watch Mississippi Burning. Mississippi Burning. Like, uh, you know, obviously watch the conversation. Uh, watch the French Connection. Watch Hoosiers. But Mississippi Burning, he's so awesome in that movie. I mean, he's great in everything he does. But this sounds like you just have to start by watching a Gene Hackman movie. Good Lord. How so about this one? How about how about this? I He's not the star. He's great in it. No way out. That's a, that. What what a what oh, a gem. A Spaghetti guy. loves yes. his Russian. He he's, won't go oh, get Putin for guy. us, but he does speak Russian. You actually, love this movie. No way out is a good one because um, it's a little more contemporary. It probably moves a little yeah. faster than some of the old timey stuff. Now, Sheck, do you? I think it was deconstructing Harry. You uh, you are uh, blurry now on the video. I mean, this is no fun for the audio. Listeners, I am. But I don't know. You're blurry. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you're you're blurring out in real life. Yeah, I did get blurry. I'm like Michael Foxing it in uh, 
Marty McFly and I'm vanishing before your eyes. And again, maybe it's a, maybe, maybe I said that too loud about me fading from, uh, from public, from the public forum and seeding it to popped up in a box. This would be perfect. (laughs) And now a quick break. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. All right, let's get to our best bets here. I'll give them to you real quick. Again, I remind you um, to, uh, or demand, in fact, that you go and uh, watch the 15-minute pregame show. We give you all the final scores for the NFL. Absolutely, positively, no time for any hooey and applesauce within that show. And I'm doing this, uh, I'm vamping here a little bit because I said I was going to blow through my scores here and now I can't find where they have them. Okay. I'll go. I got one right here. Sun Devils. Plus 26 and a half. Obviously, these are kids. They're going to let down a little bit the week after the big win. uh, Penix and the Huskies I'm talking about here. The Sun Devils, I'm not just basing this on a letdown from the Washington side of things. Look at Arizona. They got housed once, but otherwise have played everybody real tough. SC beat them by a couple of touchdowns. Otherwise, it's been one score games for them. I think the Sun Devils show up in this one. Plus 26 and a half. Air Force Falcons is a man of justice. I've said it before. I say it again. Army Navy, I love the game, but how come Air Force playing one of these two teams gets no shine? What did they do wrong? I say bet the Falcons. That's who their nickname is, by the way. I couldn't think of it when we were recording on Wednesday. It's the Air Force Falcons lay the 10 and a half against Navy. Those are my best bets for the week. How say you, Hench? Oh, all right. We also well, get to give our NBA bets. I will tell you this 60 to 1 parlay, Kings and Bucks in the NBA Finals. If you bet those two to win their respective conferences, my question is to you, Hench, quickly is what am I missing about the Sack Kings? Why is everybody turned cynical? Why are they 22 to 1 um, when they were right in the mix and they showed up in their first star run? in springtime in the playoffs. It's not like they wilted there or anything was exposed about that team to say like, see, they can't handle the big time. It looked like, boy, they're building towards something big next year. Why is everybody so down on that? Well, I'm I'm glad you asked that uh, because you sent, you give us these assignments to be prepared for the podcast. And then I'm like, are we even going to talk about the NBA? And mm-hmm. then right at the end, you go, oh, by the way, NBA and don't blame me for spending the first 23 minutes on the I officials. don't blame you. I just about to say you interrupted the me. The first half hour was blame longer than your, than your blame uh, the longest screenplay. Okay. So I agree. Again, we, we spend so much time in the same garage. Uh, Kings. Okay. So you said, who's your final four? So Western Conference, until somebody shows me that they figure out how to defend the cheat code, I don't see any way you're going to beat the Nuggets four times in 10 days. So, I agree. Name uh, drop. I was talking to Ryan Rossillo about this uh, the other night at uh, the Monday night football game. And, um, I, I, you know, Jokic 
is weirdly because of the way he looks, he throws you for a second. But once the game starts, I don't imagine DeAndre Ayton or Joel Embiid or anyone else is regarding how he looks and getting turned by that. He's just sort of unstoppable. There's nothing you can do with Jokic. He's not a great defender, but he's so and dynamite. And Rosillo said the this. way he plays, it's not like, oh, if he tweaks an ankle, like he's there's such right. a weird lack of athleticism that he's gonna have a slow decline phase. Like he's exactly what we said about Brady. Brady didn't have a wasn't a high-end runner or have you know a top-tier whip to begin with. So he wasn't losing anything the way when he got a little bit older. That's a but great I, comp. But I think Rosillo had a good had a good comment on it. And he said, the thing with Jokic is there's never a bad possession. It, it feels like the right choice is made. Maybe the shot doesn't drop, but it always is a good, solid possession when Jokic is on the floor. And I think that's just about right. And then if it's for right. some reason you don't get into your action early enough and someone bobbles the ball right. and you have a bad possession, he makes a 28-foot fadeaway at the shot clock buzzer and Anthony Davis is like, what am I supposed to do with this lunatic? So anyway, real quick. But I'm down on the Nugs because I don't like the supporting cast. They've gotten old and they haven't really replenished. Nugget, But those are guys you can find when when the, those 3 and D guys at the deadline – uh, Nuggets, Kings, the Kings are the team that gets to lose to the Nuggets in the conference finals this year. Um, I'm with you. I The Kings seem to be on a trajectory, an upward trajectory with the youth and, and De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. So I, I like them to make it to the conference finals. I think that that over-under is too low. Uh, and I like Jokic plus 430 to win MVP because I think all the people – that strayed from the actual MVP will go, I'm not going to get fooled again and be definitely true by voting for Embiid and then watching him flame out against the Celtics. Speaking of the Celtics, I, I have a Eastern conference rematch uh, Celtics heat finals. Mm. Jason Tatum does not roll his ankle on the first possession of game seven this year. Celtics get to the finals against the nuggets. God willing. Chris Epps Porzingis is healthy for, for the duration Celtics won 57 games last year, added the, the zinger and Drew Holiday, and their over-under is 55 and a half. Hmm. Over 55 and a half for the Celtics. They're winning the championship this year. You heard it here first or second or third. I don't know what podcast you listen to. I don't know if you're friends with Ryan Rossillo. You maybe I don't know who said it. But anyway, I'm hmm. saying Celtics win the championship. The other bet, best bet NBA that I loved was Scoot Henderson at plus 390 to win rookie of the year. Now I think that's already down to minus 240. So use your own judgment. I just think that that Wembenyama is going to be weighted down by the fact that everyone thinks he's going to go 30, 20, and 10. Like he's just going to be a good rookie. Whereas Scoot's numbers might actually like be a surprise when when you know he has all that usage. Uh, in Portland. All right. How say you? I, I don't know. I don't understand how to work like most improved players. It's an ongoing thing. Like Chet Holmgren can win it, right? I, I don't even get it, but he's he's not on the short list in terms of odds. So I don't know if he's a good play for most improved players. Spaghetti, tell us uh, your, and, and uh, is that it on your best bets for the yeah. weekend too, Hench? Okay. Yeah, I oh, by the way, I'm taking the Buckeyes at home, laying the four and a half against Penn State. Sorry, sorry, Drew Aller and company. It's not you. It's your coach, Jimmy Franklin. He's going to, um, he's going to drop one somewhere along the way. And this is it. Spaghetti, go ahead. Yeah, just quickly on college football, I think this is like one of the hardest weeks to make uh, a, a bet on something like, you know, Penn State getting four and a half. Like, I don't think they've been tested enough this year. So it's a tough one there. Tennessee's getting not in the road versus Bama. I know we all have like Bama being kind of uh, stinky early on, the quarterback swapping in and out, not having the dominant players we've seen, but they are home. And like Milrose seems to be throwing the deep ball better. Duke getting 14 and a half versus Florida State again on the road, but Duke's not a bad team. Utah getting seven versus SC on the road. Does SC have like a uh you know a kind of a revenge game here like there's so many different ways to fall so i'm just staying away from the board completely the one nfl bet i do like is um i don't think caesar has the number right now but michael mayer um over on his receptions over on his receiving yards led the uh the, the raiders last week in uh, receiving yards he's getting a 19 percent target share which is a great number for a tight end 11 targets the last two weeks the raiders are realizing hey we took this guy for a reason he is baby gronk um 
playing a ton of 11 personnel too, because of his blocking ability. So I like mayor to explode, especially with, uh, you know, Devonte Adams, not really getting the ball lately. And he's making comments about that. So that's my best bets for uh football, for the NBA stuff that we were supposed to do. So my, my final four, we just um, did it. what do you mean? We were supposed to do, we did it. Well, I mean, I'll, you clearly I'm, forgot. You all well, that ends well. You yeah, I'm giving it right now. I'm giving okay, it out now. We're doing it. That's um, it. That's we're all. We're in the midst of doing it. So my West, uh, I'm giving my final four is kind of uh, spicy, I guess, so to speak. Nuggets, Suns, T-Wolves, Grizzlies, and my East final four, Celtics, Bucks, 76ers, and then I'm going to be a homer and put my Knicks in there. Um, I think Eastern Conference to win the title is minus 125. I like that bet. Atlantic Division wins the title plus 310 just because of the plethora of teams coming from that division have a real shot at it. Lakers in the playoffs plus 300 with LeBron's age, Anthony Davis's uh, injury history. I just think there's a path not to ah. make it with the Clippers being good. And don't forget the Warriors. And you guys are talking about the Sacramento Kings. A lot of good teams in the West. And I think the Jokic, the overcorrection of him not getting the MVP last year when he deserves it. He's putting up triple-double numbers again this year. And he already has a title under his belt. Now we're in the narrative. We were just talking about this check a couple of minus threes ago. Right, and pe- people who vote on awards like a narrative, they're now putting the narrative Jokic morning being one of the best big men of all time. So, him to win MVPs plus 400, they want to keep you know kind of padding his stats, so to speak. So, I like him to win that. So, those are my NBA bets. All right, great uh, stuff. I'll just throw in a bonus one so I can disagree with uh, spaghetti. Uh, Knicks under 44 and a half wins, regression, regression okay. time. Little heat. Th- That's I, good. I Conflict. Think, I, I think the Knicks there, you know, I, uh, John Hollander in The Athletic, who used to be an exec, wrote a good article on them. And he was just like, there's no ultra high end talent here, but Jalen Brunson's due for like a uh, um, a contract next season. And I think their depth is is insane. So the because of that, I think they're going to be they're going to be definitely over. I like the Knicks a lot this year. I don't have a wager to make related to it, but I do think OKC is a team nobody's really talking about that has a chance to be a factor this season. All right. Um, ooh, hockey might want to sprinkle a little something on uh, old Eric Carlson for the Norris trophy, right? Everybody looking good. Well, so why far. not? It doesn't matter if he's good or bad. It's a good bet. He can just leak goals and win, you know, and or or you know, he played great last night. Go so leak nice. your acid out somewhere else. No one it's wants nice your negative. Plays good, but we already know it doesn't matter. I'll see you at SoFi, everybody. Please, if you see me there, don't beat me up. Enough of this fan beating up fan jive, huh? Enough. We have enough conflict in the world as it is. I enjoyed this little peaceful hour we just shared together. Make sure you enjoy a little bit more. 15 minutes to be exact. The 15-minute pregame show coming at you on Friday midday. Go back and listen to all the great content on the Extra Points Network, including our own Eddie Spaghetti and Jen Piacenti on Waiver Wired. And go back and listen to Extra Points. Me, Sarah Tiana, and Martin Weiss. Good times there. Really good episode, I I think. And uh, I think you'll agree if you uh, check it out. And if you disagree, let me know about that, too. All right. We'll talk to you on the other side of the sports weekend. Until then, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven.